It's time to get your shit together with the Gist of It podcast. The honest, straight-talking mental health and mindset podcast from Gist Coaching. Better mindset, better decisions, better life. Hi there, Chris Piercy here with the Gist of It podcast. I'm joined today uh, by Jody. Um, Jody, how are you doing today? Really good, thank you, Chris. Now, I've been keen to get you on to the podcast uh, since I started it because you are also a coach as well. Uh, you've, I've always, well you've always been, as far as, as long as I've known you, which is a number of years now, a um, physical coach. So you, take, you do training sessions, particularly with women. Uh, you train people how to train people. Uh, but in the last few months, maybe in the last year, I've seen an evolution into the actual kind of mental coaching side of it, which we had spoken about before in the past. Um, but that's become a bigger part of uh, what you do now. So uh, when, at what point did you start wanting to evolve into the mental side of the coaching? Or has that always been part of the plan for you? I think really, um, people that have worked with me on a one to one basis, will have experienced something different than just personal training Um, and getting to know the client on a deeper level was really my overall passion I think and understanding what was going on in their lives and actually most of the time I mean specifically women would come to me saying they got two pounds or you know half a stone to lose but actually they the problems they have were much deeper than the physical weight they were carrying Um, and I just found it fascinating Um, but obviously at that time, I mean, this was like going back 15 years ago, I hadn't really put, yeah, I hadn't put a lot of time into my own self-development. So I was just, you know, just fascinated by, there was much more to it than the practical. And then over the years with lots of things that happened to me or things I hadn't dealt with, I suppose, um, that had come up, I invested some time and, and money into either coaches or, um, some qualifications and then, lots of reading and started to put some things into practice which completely like transformed my life I suppose is the best way which sounds really cliche but it literally I'm so passionate about it because knowing what I know now means that I feel like a little bit of a super superhuman and that no matter what comes up for me I know I can pull on these things that I know techniques and tools to yeah, keep me growing, keep me moving forward, I suppose. So answer to your question was um, probably, I don't know if that was what that was, um, probably I was pregnant with Gracie. So yeah, just over four years ago, um, I was doing more reading, so I was set up more and just sat around more. And I thought, if I go back into personal training, is that enough for me? Like, is that enough when I leave these women just doing their reps and sets and going home to things that they're not dealing with. So it has been on the back burner for a while. Um, And I started to run a small group coaching program for females. And those ladies really helped me understand common problems and common, um, common things that were happening for them. And, and I work with them in a small group to overcome them without them really knowing that that's what I was doing. <laughs> Covert coaching. Covert coaching, yeah. Um, and I have so much gratitude for them because they really helped me see that there, there were 
there was there was so much possibility in in what I could offer and also how quickly transformations can happen if you know the right things to do and the right the right um, actions to take I suppose so I did that and then um, I had a bit of a wobble um, I had a, a personal wobble um, which meant that I was just struggling with like carrying all of the people's problems I suppose is the best way to describe it and also Gracie was still young she was I think she was like two at the time and was obviously still trying to work um, and I had a bit of a wobble so I thought I'm gonna have some time out it just the the load got a bit too much for me so I had some time out went back to teaching which is my kind of like I wouldn't say it's my bread and butter, but it's like the traditional thing that, you know, if someone says, what do you do? And you feel like you need to say you have a job, <laughs> you yeah. say you're a teacher, right? Not really a teacher, but I am actually qualified to do panic. Um, so I did that for about a year, um, lost my soul slightly doing it. And it reminded Oops. me, yeah, I did. And it reminded me of my true passion. It like really lit me up much more. And um, within that, I invested in um, some Tony Robbins training and I did a life coach qualification and um, yeah I just kind of sat on it for a while I suppose then I went into a bit of fear which we all know which was what are people going to think of me and they think that I'm going to have you know I've been brainwashed or like you know I'm on some kind of drugs because <laughs> I'm talking so differently uh, publicly I suppose is the way to mm. put it but I just got to a point where you know it's it's really what i want to do and the results that you get when you really work on yourself are just amazing like it's like having it's like living a completely different life to what somebody else lives because they don't understand how their mind works and how to change their state within literally a few minutes like things like that are just so powerful and when i talk like this to people who maybe think i'm on drugs <laughs> mm. um they just yeah they're like yes jody yes but actually you know give me five minutes of your time and like yourself and you can make or you can help somebody feel slightly different about a situation or a train of thought um yeah and for me like now i know that I, where i struggle with my mental health since i was probably 17 maybe younger um and I'm now 40 coming up, not quite, not quite 40. We're in our 40th year. Let's see if we're in lockdown, who knows. But now I know that if I'd learned that back when I was 17 or some of those things, probably would have been able to deal with a lot of situations much better than I have done. Um, and so if I can share that with people, they're not going to waste so much time in that headspace or be depressed and stay depressed because it's the way that they know you know which is me going off on a tangent but <laughs> yeah i mean everything you're saying it make, all makes complete sense i mean going back to the one of the first things you said is that um you know feeling like you're always more than your what you're doing as a personal trainer and i think that applies across the board whether you're a chiropractor whether you're a hairdresser wherever you're no matter what if you're one-on-one -on -one with someone and you're you know you're doing whatever you're doing where you're cutting hair you're adjusting a joint or you're you know teaching them personal training you know there is always a level of communication between you which is a lot more than what's being done you know you're talking about personal things and there's an interaction and a dynamic being created which you know can just be left as a you know what you're doing on your holidays you know can kind of completely meaningless surface level shit 
or you know it can develop into something which is you know a, a deeper understanding of where the other person is at and what they need in order to take things further so the fact that you're now you know you're always interested in doing that but now also qualified in doing that so that you can you know on a surface level be going right okay well we want to get your you know your back in your your bum toned or whatever or just lose this weight but also we're going to be working on the mental side of things is you know it's much better to have that kind of holistic approach because you know you, you know that you can get the weight off someone if you do this and this but if you know that they're just going to go back to eating x y and z because of what happened you know because it's a coping mechanism or whatever then you know it kind of kind of can kind of render that work almost futile can't it because yeah. it's not it's not just ever one thing normally no and i think subconsciously i used to ask you know good good personal trainers uh, will always ask about lifestyle and behavior and social uh, network and your support system as well like your cheerleaders you'll ask for all of that when you meet them and you'll get a real feel for that because um you know that is that's everything, you know, one hour, two hours with you in the gym is not going to get them the life that they desire. Um, and again, it comes down to, like I said, most of them don't really know what they want. They think they want the weight off. And actually, sometimes it's an emotional weight that they're carrying, um, not feeling good enough. Their, their self-worth is very low. They want to fit in. Um, I always remember having a client once who was very overweight. I really, I found it fascinating. She's really overweight. And she felt like she should come to me because she was very overweight. She was happy in herself, loved, like, you didn't mind buying plus size clothes, always dressed well, was confident. You know, there was nothing in her mind that why she was coming to me, but she felt she didn't fit in. And so that's why she had come to me. But mm. I'm like, unless you've actually got a motivation and a why as into needing to lose this weight, you're never going to lose the weight. It's not, it's just not possible because you love who you are. So it does come in all different, like, yeah, different angles and different stories, really. Yeah, I guess that's like a that particular client. It's a societal pressure to, well, I must have to be this way because that's what everyone else wants. Um, and people, you know, one of the first things that you need to do if you're looking for change in your life is to, you know, get down to your actual why and understand that properly. Because if you're if you're doing it for completely the wrong reasons, then you know it 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 might you might make progress for a, a while. But ultimately, you know, it's going to fall apart because you're building something on very shaky ground. You know, you, you go back and go, why are you actually doing this? It, have you actually got a good reason for doing this? Or are you doing this because you feel like you should be doing it, for example? It's, yeah, so it's, it's, we're very complex uh, creatures, us humans, and very simple at the same time. It's the yeah. thing. I think going back to your, you know, the why is there needs to be quite a lot of layers to it and it needs to really like make you either want to cry or laugh. Like it's got to be really motivational. I hate using that word. <laughs> I hate being a PT. Mm. But it's true. Like has, you have to have those layers because I mean, obviously I train people to be personal trainers and, um, you know, some are really experienced in life, some aren't. And when I talk to them about the why, which actually isn't part of their qualification, I just want to make sure that they actually, you know, can offer value when they go out into the world. Some of them are like, oh, well, so um, to get in a bikini, you know, and I'm like, 
guys, this is not a why, this is just a short-term idea that they've got. They're not gonna stay in a bikini for the rest of their life. Like you need to have a really big one and it's got- Bikini in winter, not so good. (laughs) That's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think like you say, the why is, is huge. And my why's have changed over the years to maintain my health. Um, but I think like the long-term one for me has always been to like preserve my life, which sounds like really deep, but I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow, maybe the rest of the day, who knows? But if I know I've been putting the work in and enjoying the moment, I suppose, then I've got nothing to kind of regret. Um, that's my, that's my underlying why, but the other why's have, you know, they've changed over the years and now my overall goal is to just be active and healthy for my daughter not only to be a role model but to you know be one i'm an older mum so it sounds awful doesn't it but i want to be able to do everything with her i don't want to be like an older mum that can't get up and move around with her because i chose a different path Mm. well yeah those are all absolutely legitimate and you know you you know people listen to this won't put it but i can see in your face just how much that lights you up as a as as a reason for you it's not as if you're just saying oh yeah there's the the tone and the the way in which you're talking (laughs) suggests just how like real and honest that is to you and that's that's when you know you're within yourselves whether this is something you're making up or whether it's something real just if it if it's lighting a fire within your belly and giving you that passion then that's genuine and not many people talk about you know getting in the bikini or you know wanting to be able to just wear you know swim shorts down the beach as a something that's going to really get them passionate and uh, anything else because it's very shallow at the, at the end of the day so yeah and it's like i think that particular um that particular why or um yeah the goal that they have a lot of it is just trying to fit into society and what is expected of them. Um, it's really liberating to be, as I would say, out of condition. <laughs> so you can't, you can't uh, see me when I do the uh, inverted commas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, to be out of condition and to just stand in your, your shorts, your, your bikini and be like, yes, you know, like after I had Gracie, I lost so much muscle. Okay, I was probably slim, but I mean, to me, I was not in great shape. I was skinny and, you know, I had this loose skin on my stomach, but I don't think I'd ever felt so powerful standing in a bikini on a beach, just being like, yeah, you know, I've just produced a child. Like, um, that's like massive. Uh, And that's massive for me because um, I don't know if you've seen in one of my posts um, a while ago, I did announce or talk about my body dysmorphic disorder, Mm. which... I've hidden, I suppose, from everyone for a long time. In fact, as a personal trainer, I'd be like, God, if they knew that I struggle with the way that I look on a daily basis, like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, they might think, you know, I'm just not good enough. Like, I think, obviously, I'm not good enough, right? Because if you do, you feel very shit (laughs) when you have that and you let it Mm. own you. Yeah, but I, I, I think that, well, on, on one hand, you kind of think, yeah, you should be completely open about the fact your body is more and you're still doing all of this stuff. But on the other hand, yeah, you might think it's the absolute right thing to completely hide it because you feel like a fraud. Because, you know, if, you've, if you're sat there 
telling someone, yeah, you should feel good about yourself. You look great and you've done this and you achieved all this whilst at the same time you've done even more than that and still feel like you're a whale or whatever, then it's, um, it kind of all can, can kind of uh, fall apart. But uh, no, yeah, I, I did see that you, you announced that and that must have been kind of quite a huge thing to talk about that being in the job that you're in, being in the industry that you're in and saying, yeah, this is, this is my actual truth. So how, what changed within you to, for you to be able to go, this is my truth and I'm revealing it publicly? Well, um, where are we? Last May, I went to Ibiza for a retreat, not for a rave. Um, and it was advertised as a, a little business. bit of raving. <laughs> not well, there was a bit of nakedness, but I'll tell you about that later. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was advertised like a business retreat, you know, like-minded female entrepreneurs wanting to expand their mind. I was like, oh, that sounds good. Basically, it blew my mind. It blew everyone's mind. Like getting those people together was just incredible. Um, and, you know, I, was, I told my mum I'd just be doing a bit of yoga. And it was like, yeah, we did a little bit of yoga, but a lot of it was like sound baths and just other crazy stuff, um, like naked body painting, which is the nakedness. Um, and it was like, a, there was like a trigger because I think I've suppressed I've suppressed that for so long in the fact that although um, you probably see I did a bikini bodybuilding competition in 2013, um, people that would know me would look at me and be like, she loves her body, she's really confident. And it's all definitely just something I push through all the time to like let that know it, that it's not going to win. So <clears throat> like a lot of mental health things, you know, when you're trying to get hold of it, you are always trying to push against it. So. I won't talk about the bodybuilding, but that, the reason I did that was to try and, in my mind, overcome the disorder. But obviously, it's still going to be there, right? I mean, yeah. I still look, in my mind, gross at like eight and a half stones, still on stage covered in paint. Um, so when we did the we did the body paint, we weren't even prepped for it. So we met up with this lady. She was talking about lots of things. And then she talked about the fact that she had bulimia when she was younger. And she wanted us to all appreciate our bodies. So we were all just going to get naked. And then we were like, what? Um, and I thought to myself, well, I've got quite naked before, like it can't be that bad. So you, you know, I, wish, I wish people could see your face, Chris. You're, it's like, you're okay. like, I'm, um, I'm just imagining the, the level of estrogen in that room at that time. <laughs> and the thing is, you're so like consumed with your own thoughts of, okay, right, I'm going to get naked. Like, and she said, you know, take as much clothes off as you feel comfortable with. But the idea is that you are really <clears throat> confident, you know, in that you're you're feeling liberated. So basically i got down to my thong i thought i'm gonna keep that little bit on and looked up and like 50 percent of the women were completely naked and i was like wow like this is amazing um i was just yeah i couldn't believe i just couldn't believe it anyway i can see it now it's wonderful <laughs> if only you could um and and she's like so now we're gonna paint each other so they we got paired up and um the girl that got paired up with me, she didn't take anything off apart from roll her trousers up and roll her sleeve up on her t-shirt. So there's me and my thong. There's her like covered up. That seems like a bit of a mismatch, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Because I was just like, you've got my body, paint it. Um, I just had obviously an arm and a leg to do. But <clears throat> it was really amazing because it it reminded me of how far I'd come. Um and at that point nobody knew i hadn't really talked about it 
Um, and then the next day we had um, little group um, meetings where we were going to talk about business again, um, inverted commas again, sorry. And basically, um, it's really good actually, even not just as business, but if you are meeting new people, it's a way of kind of getting your 20 minutes counselling in from randoms. So you speak about a subject for a certain amount of time and then the rest of the group talk about you for a certain amount of time and then you come together to share. When they talk about you, you're in the room as well, but you're not allowed to communicate. <clears throat> anyway, did my little chat about business. They chatted about the business, turned around. I was included in the conversation. And then something came up because at that point I was really feeling pulled to work with women on a higher, a higher level. That doesn't sound right, but at a deeper level. Mm. Um, and these are all, a lot of these are holistic therapists I was with anyway. So I felt very much at home and I felt like I'd, yeah, I'd arrived, should one say. Mm. And then I just came out with, you know, obviously because I've actually suffered from this and I like burst into tears and had the whole like <gasps> moment. And they were like, completely like I have I would have no idea that that is something that you deal with on a daily basis because you are literally the one that's you know rocking the room and you're the one that's stood there in a thong or whatever so it was like liberating to share but also they were very much like you do need to like share that with people because you if you imagine how many people struggle with their not only have that but you know whether it's deeper than that or not as deep there's a lot of issues when it comes to your image or also your self-worth. Um, and when you said earlier about like feeling like a whale with my clients or whatever, it genuinely isn't a weight thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I sometimes will just feel really gross. Um, it could be, yeah, it could be anything. I particularly don't like my stomach at all i've never liked it i've looked back at pictures before i had gracie and i literally am like wow you look great but when i'm in my body and if i look in the mirror it's like what is that like <laughs> so it's it's bizarre but i feel that i've got to a point where i accept that's my thoughts and it saddens me that i don't appreciate i can't see it in the flesh but i do know that yeah it, it's not actually the be and end all anyway, as long as I'm really happy with being naked, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and, and not letting these thoughts consume my whole life, which they used to. I used to really struggle with wondering what people were thinking about me um, and also fitting in as well. Um, and I think that's probably why I went into teaching, to be normal and to have like a proper job and to shadow yeah. actually wanting to do what I felt called to do. So it sounds like for like, so for a number of years, you were kind of, I don't know what the right expression is, chasing the dragon almost in, in a way that you're like, well, if I just do this one thing, then this thing will go away. If I just do this one thing, then it will, then these thoughts will stop. If I am the person who strips off just right, right down to their thong and this thing, then I won't, then no one will possibly think that I'm actually feeling this way about myself and sounds like as though your brain was doing all of these things as a you know mask like yeah. what can we do to build up this mask what can we do to add layers to this mask so that no one knows the truth that I actually feel gross about myself um and then you have this light bulb moment where all of a sudden you're in the right room with the right people with the right dynamic going on 
and you go yeah actually this is my truth and was that was that your like light bulb moment in terms of this is how i have to be with people from now on about this this feeling the right people obviously yeah I think I really built up, again, this is quite common with um, other things that I've gone through, is you, you build up a level of shame to a point where you completely overthink it. You, and it's, again, it's, you know, stories again, telling you that if you tell people this, they will not think the same of you. In fact, they're going to think a lot less of you. Mm. Um, and that shouldn't really be a problem, even if they did, because your truth is, the most important thing but there's also an element of like rejection um and people thinking that you've sold them a different story you know it's like oh whereas i know from an outsider point of view if somebody is transparent with me no matter what it is i value them more and you know i appreciate them whether it be that i appreciate them for what they've been through or for sharing that with me or whatever so I can see that now. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's we like to live we like to live by a different set of rules than what we'd actually apply to other people, right? You know. Totally. You know, mm. I, I love it when people are honest with me, but I'm not going to be honest about this part of me because I'm feel like I'll get rejected or it will be shameful or whatever. You know, it's uh, it's so unbelievably common the, the the double standards that we you know we we as humans in general tend to, to live by is uh, astronomical. It's like the, one of my, one of the things I hear a lot about, you know, with regards to mental health is that, oh, I'm feeling really shit, but I don't want to burden my friends with this. You know, I hear it all the time. It's like, okay. And my, my one question I always ask is, oh, would, would you feel like your friends were burdening you if they were talking to you? Oh no, absolutely not. It's like, okay, then, well, how are you different? And then they're just, they're scrambling for an answer to a question that they just, don't have an answer so like, oh so it's only different because it's you what makes you special and they're like oh shit yeah okay i get it you know and they at which point they then have to just admit that they just need to start talking about it and it kind of is, is going to help a lot because that's you know that support network that you mentioned very early on is is so so important that you know no you can never just do stuff by well you can you can overcome anything just by yourself but mm -hmm. fuck me you're making it difficult for yourself if that is the if that's how you're going to start middle and finish you know the everything is going to be a lot quicker smoother and easier with you know cheerleaders as you refer to them as mm -hmm. which i believe is a, is a, that's a tony robbins term isn't it cheerleaders <laughs> i don't know I don't know. I swear, I swear, I swear, I've heard him say it on some something or other. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah, you've got to, you've got to have those people that have got your back. You've got to have those friends, and they, you know, those friends have got to know what they're supporting. You know, because if you're, if you're there going, yeah, everything's great, and you know, I've done this and X, Y, and Z, and I'm, you know, everything's wonderful, but you're actually, you know, holding your life together with masking tape at the moment, mm -hmm. then. They can't help. No. It's, it's impossible no. for them. And I think from someone that has struggled a lot in their mental health, I, I am seen as a really strong person. And if anybody else messages me to tell me I'm strong, I'm going to punch them in the face. <laughs> because that feeling when someone says, it's okay because you are strong, that's 
it's not okay like just because you are strong or because you are you know you've got all the tools and you've got all the techniques doesn't mean you can't lose your shit and you can't you know have a breakdown like you you're just lucky that you are a strong person whether it yeah but I you've made yourself like, that strong person though exactly Not- you made it but you also need somebody to like still keep you know you still need that like you said that group uh friends or even if it's one person that you can confide in that allows you to really lose it like um you know bless her my mum's one of those unfortunately at the moment if i see her <laughs> see her but it's knowing that you can just let it go whatever that is and you just feel so much better for having that that space that um you know that space made for you to just to be you and not like try and hold it together all the time yeah it's really interesting you should say bring up that thing about you know feeling being told that you're strong and how annoying it is you um someone who remain will remain nameless um has recently gone through a really awful um cancer journey like this just that's the worst luck and then more shit and then more shit and just just the worst and you know i've been speaking to her a fair amount through her you know through her time she said oh my god if one more person calls it a battle i'm going to kill them it's not a battle i'm just i sometimes i just have to lie here and let you know let it happen to me because that's all i can do if one more person tells me that i'm so brave i'm gonna fucking kill them if one person tells me i'm gonna be i'm strong it's like if I talk to someone, sometimes I just want them to say, fuck me, that's really shit. That must be really, really hard. You don't want to hear, you don't want to be told you're brave, you're strong. You, you want, sometimes you just want someone to come up, put their arm around you and go, fuck, this is really awful. I'm really yeah. sorry this is happening. Yeah. That's just, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've had that, you know, my back has been destroyed for the last 18 months. And I get messages from saying, "Oh, you, you, you're doing great." I was like, mm. <laughs> "You're so strong." Doing great because we just haven't really. We don't want to talk about it in case we upset you or we upset myself. So you're doing yeah. great, and that'll be it. Yeah. Chin up, chin up. If somebody <laughs> says, "Oh my goodness," I'm like, "The chin." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. I, mean, I, I you get where people are coming from and it's really lovely but when you've been in agony every second you've been awake for a year and a half and you can't really walk you just you don't want to hear it sometimes you just want to go you want someone to just say well fuck <laughs> and, and that's fine that's better you know it's just like uh you don't sometimes you don't want that you don't want support in air quotes what you want is someone just to go just to kind of stand side by side and go, well, mate. Yeah someone, yeah, someone to sit with you in that moment that you're going through. Um, I've got a really good friend of mine, and she will be that person who will, I mean, bless her now, we can't look down, we'll have to have a virtual one. But she will let you just, you know, fall apart. And it's, it's really refreshing to have someone like that because... I think for a lot of a lot of my life, I've always had to be on show. Like even in, with my family, like I'm the one that holds it together. Yeah. So, it's really, yeah, it's it's really good to have the the level of support and friendship from someone where you can just ugly cry, and <laughs> and and not not have to deal with the you know cliches 
like the, the girl I was speaking about, the cancer, she put together a, um, a blog post and a um, and graphs and graphics showing um, how many times she'd been told each different thing. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh my God, do you know, you don't realize how utterly cliche you're being by talking about bravery and strength and whatever. It's like, no, I'm not brave. I'm a coward and I think I'm going to die and it's horrible. Um, so don't, don't tell me I'm being brave because I'm not at all. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's certainly interesting. Which, like, you know, if, if you're that person and you're like, you're listening to it's like, oh shit, I do that. It's like, just ask them what they actually want. So, like, what 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 do you actually want from me right now? Do do, do you want me to throw cliches at you, or do you want me to cry with you? No. I, and if, if if you're if you're a good friend, as I'm sure most people are, you're all of the array of things in which you can support someone is available, but. I think that you feel almost as if you have to be this smiley, positive, reinforcement person, whereas you know a lot of the time that's not actually what people want. They want someone just to go. Which I don't know how to explain as a sound, as I've done it a few times now. But just that, just that recognition that yeah, you're in a really situation and it's really shit. Yeah, yeah. I also find wow that when you are going for a bad time and people know about it, it's a bit like when you have a baby, everybody rushes around initially and goes, oh, like I'm hearing you, blah, blah, blah. and then you don't hear from them like ever again. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, and so then you kind of like, you don't want to ask because you've not heard from them. And it's like that sticky situation. So they might be thinking, well, I've sent them at once. And so they know that I'm thinking of them or they know that I'm there. But I also, shared that Facebook post about being there for people and then no one's messaged me. What? You know, <laughs> I sh shared it once. What? Where, where are yeah. these people I'm supposed to support? Mental health must be solved. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you know, when you are in a really bad state mentally, you, you basically, you know, you stick, you're in your head. So you forget these people that are around you or, you know, you think that you don't want to pester them again. It comes back to that. Oh, sure. I, so then you don't. So it's difficult for people on the receiving end to know what to do, but even if it's just contact, like, you know, this is on TV tonight, or have you watched the Netflix or, or you know, what are you up to next week? The lockdown, um, any, like some, not, not messages going, how are you today? I'm really thinking of you because it just triggers you in. I'm really shit. Um, you know, oh God, they're thinking of me. It must be bad. You know, so yeah. just by striking up some conversation and keeping you in, in a good headspace is like, it's what you need. Like, especially if your head is whirling with negativity or whatever shit is that's going on in your life. Yeah. And on the flip side, it's one thing I haven't mentioned. I mean, that, like, yeah, but that, that normal human contact thing is really important. The other thing is sometimes you need to be the kind of dick friend that goes, snap out of it. Just <laughs> fucking shut up. You're talking shit. You know, you need to be, you know, sometimes use the carrot, sometimes use the stick. I mean, um, we had Liam on in the second episode. He was talked about how one of his friends literally just dragged him to the gym. Said no, yeah. stop, stop sitting around doing nothing, eating junk food. You've not been to the gym for a month. You're coming to the gym right now, and his friend basically dragged him there. And he's like, and that—that's what he—that's what he needed at that time. You know, 
I mean, you got to, you've got to know when to, you know, when to be hard with people and when to be soft. But I think that a lot of times people are very afraid to be hard. But if you, if you've got a good friendship, then you know, you can, you should be able to do that. To say, oh, come on, let's stop wallowing because you're wallowing. You know, we're going to do this, and it's going to be. It might not be fun. You might find it shit, but we're doing it. And yeah. and that's sometimes what people need as well, isn't it? Sometimes a sympathy, sometimes a support, sometimes a slap around the face, metaphorically. <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah, I can totally relate to that. In fact, one of my friends is so good at calling me out on the BS that I come up with. And, um, and there's a situation that I'm going through at the moment. And, you know, I am privately i have a bit of a pity party you know especially to people i trust and so i have a little pity party and she has been through a similar scenario i don't think anyone could have gone through well the same thing because they're all different right similar scenario and she basically went to me like really quite fiercely and i'm already sobbing and she just went it's going to get much worse before it gets better like this is what's happening you know you have no control over this so let's and i was just like Oh gosh! But actually, it's like okay. Well, if it's going to get worse before it gets better, I just need to keep dealing, like working through this. You know, I'm prepared for it. But she is like evidence that not only can it be better, but it can be like tenfold. Like your whole, your life can just flip in a moment. So yeah, it was really yeah, it was really powerful. Um, I can't think what else she said to me, but I just remember as well, like she stopped me crying because it was just so to the point as in, you know, there is much worse things that can happen to you. This is like an opportunity for you. Um, and I was just a bit like, oh, okay, well, I'll shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that um, obstacles can be opportunities. Um, it's a great book, um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. For anyone listening who wants to kind of um, dive into that side of things, um, mm. about making uh, opportunities out of adversity. But yeah, yeah, when, when bad, bad stuff happens, you know, it, there's very little way to take it initially, but as a bad shit thing, you know, you know, if you lose your job, your relationship ends, or, you know, whatever, you know, initially the correct and human response is to cry and to get angry and to you know get guilty and wonder what you could have done and all of this stuff that's completely normal and then there almost at a certain point there becomes a decision about whether you're gonna you know keep diving into this pity party where you keep telling yourself how shit it is or you're gonna go right well what opportunity then presents is presented to me you know if this you know if this relationship is over then what does that mean for me moving forwards what opportunities are there now that i'm single or you know what who can i be with now or you know if you're if you lose your job okay well what were you passionate about that job or was it just something that gave you money what do you actually really want to do with your life you know you're you've been thrown out of a out of your job you find yourself in a situation what are you going to do now going to find another shit job you like you don't like or are you going to start delving into your passion to for needlecraft or whatever <laughs> but there's no matter what it is there's always an opportunity to found it to be found within it sometimes it's hidden 
sometimes it's obvious but you know there's there's always there's always something in that and i i, I firmly believe that because i've been through lots of shitty things and always managed to find the the, the good in it and be grateful for it ultimately and that, that's the goal really to be grateful for the really shit thing that's happened to you yeah and uh, uh I, yeah i totally agree with you and being and and also not putting pressure on yourself like i think what you what you explained there are things that are out of your control um you know not necessarily saying end of a relationship is out of your control but sometimes it is out of your control and when something's out of your control you do or you do go into like a, a slight panic isn't it of trying to gain control um and that's normally the worst thing to do yeah the sure. best thing to do is to let go of whatever's happening and and give yourself that time to reflect and the sooner that you do that the sooner you then see the gratitude or you know understand why whatever it was that ha has happened has happened and um i think in the past before i was more um yeah i say more whole sounds really deep right uh yeah. ground um really deep i would just grab onto something else whatever that might be just you know throw yourself into if the relationship wasn't going well or if, I, if it ended you i'd throw myself into my work if my work wasn't going well then i'd throw myself into my sport you know if, if i wasn't very fit and well i'd work more it was like never really just dealing with that at the time i suppose and then that's when see more mental health issues would just appear because yeah. funny that <laughs> <laughs> just like you said earlier you know just putting band-aids on stuff and hoping for the best <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah on that note of uh, the illusion of control there um and you know what you can and can't control this is a self-plug um mini pod episode three is all about the illusion of control and about how we need to let go of it because ultimately the only thing we ever control is our thoughts and our actions so you know particularly when there's other people involved you know you've got to recognize they're a human with free will you know, and if they're going to go and do whatever they're going to go and do what what can you actually do about that other than just accept it you can message them and say don't do this and don't do that or whatever but it's you know that's only ever going to ultimately lead to more hurt when they don't do exactly what you want them to do because it was never in your control anyway and that whole the whole idea of that uh, that mini pod which is also a blog um talks about why you need to let that go and you know how futile it is to hold on to it so yeah, yeah. it's um it's like self-destruction if you are trying to control somebody else's actions or trying to understand their thoughts because your thoughts aren't the same it's it's just exhausting and you'll never get there you'll never know <laughs> like you'll never get in the head and you'll never be able to understand so yeah yeah for sure i mean if you if you're trying to understand the thoughts of another person or the actions of another person you, you're never going to do it i had to do this you know quite a lot recently we go well i don't understand how this has happened or why they would do this or what why this has led to this because the because in my head this like yeah in my head this that the, the way that i would think would be completely alien to them you know so Try, trying to get into someone else's head and understand where they're coming from you're never gonna you're never gonna do it you just have to recognize yeah. it's out of your control and then just accept whatever has been 
whatever shit sandwich you've been passed, you have to go, oh, like, lovely, a shit sandwich. I'll just chow down on that now. Uh, add a bit of salt or sugar and uh, yeah, just chow down that shit sandwich and accept it because... With deep gratitude. <laughs> with, with, with deep gratitude for the, the nuggets and flavours that that shit sandwich contains. So, <laughs> yummy. But yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just part of life is that no one's ever going to get it all completely their own way. You know, sometimes things are going to fall away, other times they're not. And it's the time that, that, you know, you have no control and something shit happens that you just got to go, well, that is what's happened. You know, saying what it, it is what it is, is kind of the most annoying, like uh, unforgiving kind of thing to say, but it's ultimately pretty true. It's, yeah. it, it is what it is. It's, it's a, the most logical and like factual statement ever created, probably, because it's mm. it definitely isn't what it is. <laughs> Not in your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I I think that that's that's basically the the recipe for getting over everything: realizing it's not in your control, accepting it, finding a way to uh, be grateful for it, and then finding the the opportunity within it. Really easy to say in like ten seconds. A lot harder to do, but that's the the recipe for a, a life of contentment, ultimately. Mm. Yeah. Hashtag preach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really interested to to ask you something about. You say you said you had mental health problems for like 17 years. Sorry, since you were 17. Sorry. Um, yeah. And you spoke 20, 23, 23, 22 years. Well, we won't say 23 because that makes you sound like you're actually 40 already. So. Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll go with 22. Sure, when I started the mental health issues, let's be honest, but yeah, about 17 I was. Let's, let's go for a, a nice round 20, so you know, near 40 whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so the um, you mentioned how there's there was a lot of things that you learnt, techniques you learnt, and tool, tools you referred to them as, I think it was, that you used to feel better about yourself now. Going, if you could go back and speak to that seventeen-year-old you who was going through all of that shit, which of those, what would, we, would you think is the most important piece of knowledge, or couple of pieces of knowledge that you would hand down to um, teenage Jody? What do you think that would be the most useful thing for her? Wow, do you know what that really like? That really triggers me. Like I can feel it in my chest, like being that age and feeling all the feels um i don't know if like what i know like i don't know if just my life experience has helped me understand the tools and techniques which i now understand if you get me or whether it would have it would have helped her but mm. um this is tony robbins right so get out of your head into your heart scenario so when i was 17 one thing i struggled with was i did what i thought was the right thing to do and to try and fit in. Um, and I've never really fitted in. I've never felt like I've fitted in. Um, now I love that about myself. I like the fact that I stand out quite a bit from the, from say from the average, <laughs> sounds awful. <laughs> but I feel different and I like it now, but then I was terrified that I was so different. Um, and, and 
The second one would be to really understand that my thoughts are just thoughts and they don't have to be reality. Um, and really knowing that I can change the way I think with just a few simple ways, you know, just a few simple ways would, would have been, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that, that the, your, your part one to that answer is that when you, when you speak to someone who's almost overcome what they've been through, when you, if I ask them that sort of things like, well, I don't want to go back and change anything because what, the, the way that things planned out, yes, it was shit at the time, but that led me through to this and I realized this and I went through this and I learned this and now I am where I am now and I'm happy. And that's, mm. it's, in, it's interesting when you speak to people who've actually gone through that developmental process because they are grateful for the shit times because they led them down the path to where they are now. And they think, well, if I had have taught teenage Jody this, then I might, you know, things might have played out differently and I don't want them to be differently because I'm happy with the, the me that I am now. So it's re really, really interesting that that, you know, was almost your, your first part. And the second part is something that I feel like everyone needs to know at any stage of their life is that you know, anything that you think is just a thought. It, do it doesn't yeah. even exist. As soon as you had that thought, it kind of ceases to exist. It doesn't need to have any any weight put on it whatsoever. It doesn't. You don't need to hook yourself into it. It's just you, you, you can think about absolutely anything. You know, the thought crime does not exist yet. You know, we're not <laughs> because if it is, we'd all be arrested. You know. Thank God. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty awful. But just recognizing that, just by having a thought that's it you've had a thought and nothing more needs to be applied to it than that because mm. you're allowed to think whatever you want you know taking action upon that thought is something entirely different but just by you know, having a thought that's absolutely fine even if it's the worst thing you can possibly imagine it still doesn't <laughs> mean anything for me like back then i didn't know how to rationalize my thoughts so i didn't really think about these are the thoughts I didn't hold on to them and then think, are these actually true? Like, is this actual reality? I didn't stop with that. The thoughts just kept going round and round and round and round. And so I couldn't process that or put it, you know, throw it out, chuck it out or whatever. Mm. And the other thing as well at that age was I was in a lot of emotional pain and I felt that it would have been, it was going to be forever. Like I didn't, know at the time that it would be temporary which it is it's always temporary it could be temporary for a few days it could be temporary for a few years but i never knew that and if i knew that it was temporary i don't think i would have felt so um desperate and so um yeah um sad on a whole new like a whole new spectrum of sadness mm. that's, that's that's really interesting the the temporary nature of things is that we we don't realize that particularly when we're depressed or anxious is like once that hits it's like well this is how i'm gonna feel forever you know this is this is my lot i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be sad and i'm gonna be lonely and i'm gonna feel horrible and i'm gonna worry about everything for the rest of my life it's like yeah <laughs> re really G good luck with that you know you, you have to try very hard to remain in that exact state forever because that's going to be exhausting for one but uh yeah you just you just can't do it 
um, kind of interesting. So just to finish up, uh, I want to pick your brain on so so let and this is picking into your coaching mind. So you, you spoke about how you didn't know how to rationalize thoughts. Um, and that was a real, real difficult thing for you. So if anyone's listening right now who has that problem where they can't rationalize their thoughts, what would you say would be your advice? What process or tool or technique would you advise they go, they go through in order to do that? What, what would be your advice on that? Oh, what should we do? Um, I think like the best, the best technique which I have used um, in the past is the Dickens process. Um, so if you're listening, look that up. And in summary, it's basically, and you have to really, you know, give yourself the space and the time to write down your, <coughs> excuse me, write down your thoughts that you have, um, your negative thoughts. And normally when I say this to people, they've got one straight up, like this is how it's, it is playing in my mind most of the time. Um, and then, like I said before, like asking yourself, like, is that true? Is that true? And then writing down the opposite to that thought and then reading that thought back out and understanding that it's that simple and writing it down obviously helps you put that out there to the world and then better still like being able to verbalize it. So then start talking about that talking to yourself about it like I do all the time <laughs> um, and feeling like proud of that new train of thought um, and for me like as corny as it is like the the incantations uh, or affirmations or whatever you want to say they're only really as strong as what you truly believe and so you have to like work on it I think some people that think oh you just like you write it down you switch it around you say it out loud it's all gone away. Um, you can see my body oh, language better. now. <laughs> Hooray, everything's Hooray. great. But it's, it's an ongoing thing where you have to keep working on that and reminding yourself that it's actually not true. Most of our negative beliefs are not true. They're normally stories that we've told ourselves, whether it be from experiences or whether it be from something that we've been told over and over again. Um, yeah, and, and these obviously come up at different times in our lives so it's not like you just have three negative thoughts forever and you're you're cured um so knowing that it's a process that you should do regularly is just really refreshing it makes you feel like so much more um alive and light you know like you've let go of stuff i don't know if that answered your question <laughs> yeah absolutely it's exactly the sort of thing i'm looking for that i think that you know i think what can happen particularly when two people who have been for a developmental developmental process um getting a conversation you just start talking about stuff and people <laughs> will be listening along going yeah that all sounds great but how the fuck do i do it so to be able to actually go right yeah i do think all this horrible negative shit about myself so that actually something to have um a uh, a go-to thing that they can do um mm. is, a, is well in my head at least i think that sounds like something that people might want to to have to to use because it's um it's only only ever going to be of a of benefit i think to to have those those different tools available because i think that's ultimately it that's you know if you're having a shit time in life or you want to get to a different place in your life or you have goals or whatever then the only way you're going to get there is by going through a process 
which is going to be made up of tools yeah. and techniques and whatever, which are going to get you from how you're thinking now to how you need to be thinking in order to achieve that. And then, then I'm following on from that, being able to do the stuff that you can now achieve with that new mindset. So yeah, I think that's exactly what I was looking for in short. And I would say as well, like I said about doing it regularly, like if you could do it every week, it is a massive game changer because you're not carrying this all the time. And even if things keep coming back to you, you're still like working through it. Um, and I know like the journaling is very overused. People are like, oh, journaling, you should journal, journal. Um, it, journaling can be however you want it to be. Like you can just have a notebook that you jot down randomly throughout the day, or it can be a structured exercise that you, you know, you stick to morning and or night. But if you have a journal, it's great because you can look back and be like, oh my God, like I used to think that, like how on earth, you know, can't imagine myself thinking that anymore because we just evolve, don't we? And we, yeah, what's like a trauma or tra traumatic at this particular moment in a few years time, it's just like, oh, that was just a phase or that was just something that went on or I don't even remember that that was what was happening or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's good to know and to look back and, and give yourself a pat on the back, I think. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've I've done before is that, you know, I, I will just splurge on, <laughs> onto Google Docs and just write out a stream of consciousness if I'm having a, a shit time. And the great thing about Google Docs is it's just there forever. So, yeah. and if you're having a really shit time, you can go, right, okay, let's jump back to, uh, and you go, hang on a minute, am I actually feeling better than I was feeling in February? Uh, well, yeah, I think I am. Okay, well, let's have a look what was going through my head back in February. Can you read it and go, fuck. Okay, right. I've come a long way since there. And like, because that's, that's the thing. If, you, if you're going through some, something where, you know, you're overcoming something, then if you can recognize how far you've come, because they're all very well going, oh, I think I'm a bit better. But actually going, well, let's look at how I was in February. Okay, I was awful in February. Now I'm only slightly awful, or you know, now I'm actually okay, really. You know, and making that comparison, seeing that you have made progress, can be a really nice like pat on the back. You said on a on a day where you're you're struggling a bit. So, at least in my mind, anyway. So, Jodie, tell everyone um, who you like to work with and how they can find uh, find out more about what you do. Just plug yourself, basically. Oh, I wasn't ready for a plug. So, um, so my name is Jodie B um, and I run Jodie B Coaching and I work with busy professional and or working mums who have like lost time and connection with themselves and I help them um, regain the love for themselves and their body without feeling overwhelmed. Wonderful. And how can they find it? What's the best way of getting more information about what you do? So you can look me up on uh, Facebook, which is Jodie B Coaching, or on Instagram, it's Jodie Bell HHD. Um, yeah, and I've also got a free Facebook group, which is called The Fearless Female. So if you go onto my coaching page, there's a little group there, um, which has got some great content and community of like-minded ladies. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been lovely chatting with you and, uh, and putting the world to rights. So uh, yeah, excellent stuff. Enjoyed today's episode? Then give us a rating and hit subscribe. Head to gistcoaching.co.uk to read blogs, get in touch or find out more about working directly with Chris to get your shit together. To follow us on social media, search for Gist Life Coaching.